Chapter 23 The Swan 7 to 1, 60 seconds to the ring. The Digimori in my veins whispered that the Agalag 81 interceptors were nothing and that I was invincible, but the rest of my body was not in accord. My scrotum retracted, my chute tightened around the output pipe. My hands were poised to wrench at the controls and fly back the way I'd come. My cowardice was opposed by Suros' ghost, screaming in my ear. Dicta six. If you get caught, fly at the danger. How fast could the Yama really go? How much acceleration could my body withstand? There was only one way to find out. I took a deep breath, filling my lungs with compression fluid. Then I hammered down. Full throttle. I was crushed into the flesh of the Yama, and my weight doubled, then quadrupled. My body was a lump of pure suffering, amplified by Dijamori hyper-awareness. I was flying directly into the sun. My canopy had grown dark as welding glass. Ten seconds from the ring, I could only see outlines. Pinpricks of light flickered from the waiting interceptors. They fired at me. The AGA-LAG-81s had been designed to protect their carrier by shooting down incoming missiles. I was no missile. With leaden hands, I twisted the spurs, heedless of the pain. I darted behind a line of freighters like a squirrel hiding on the far side of a tree. The shots flew wide. They hadn't expected me to be so nimble. I wanted to smile, but my grimace was too heavy. Dicta three. Fire only at close range, and only when your opponent is properly in your sights. My Yama flew faster than anything they'd ever seen. They still fired, but I was already upon them. Our pass crossed for a microsecond that felt like forever. I strained my ears against the screaming reactor, listening for the crack of doom against my diamond hull. They missed. But then, a flash of titanium white at three o'clock caught my eye. The seventh interceptor. He'd waited in reserve, holding his fire until I was in killing range. The Dijamori screamed in my veins, time dripped by in heartbeats. My canopy lends towards the ruby gleam of his cockpit, a viper's eye. I clenched the spurs for my final gamble, remembering the moment when Ramp first kicked in. I had to wait until the instant before he fired. Twin cannons flashed. I was a heartbeat faster, ramming my spurs into a spine-crushing vertical juke. My Yama sprang like a flea, bounding above the spray of tungsten slugs. My brain was crushed against the roof of my skull once more, and my vision flared white-orange. It hurt so bad I wish I'd just let him shoot me. The interceptor pilot fired his jets and gave chase. He had me in his sights, but I was flying faster than his bullets. Calaritas Su. I laughed into the fluid, half crazed with Dijamori and adrenaline. I'd outrun them all. Then the space around my ship erupted with energy, coruscating rays of dazzling violet-green light. Polyphasic beams. A purple nova burst against my canopy, and everything went black. I clenched my jaw, preparing to disintegrate. Instead, I felt pressure at the back of my head. More acceleration. I hurtled even faster. It was just dumb luck. At this range, the polyphasic beam couldn't penetrate my phased diamond skin. Praise the inverse square law. My exchangers drank up the beam's energy gladly, converting it into thrust. I was flying blind. My canopy was still blacked out and I was afraid it had been damaged. Eventually, the Yama let light in, facing the sun with a drunkard's reluctance. We screamed into the star mine, surrounded by silver rails that vanished into infinity. My chest hurt, and I was acutely aware I was underwater. Even in the throes of a Dijamori high, 
I was drowning in G-force. Satisfied I'd found the absolute limit, I eased off the throttle. Color crept back into my vision, and terrible cramps racked my body. Everything hurt, but I was alive. I could feel myself becoming more lucid with each heartbeat. I had to work up the courage to check my six. Yawing backward, I could see the seven tiny candles of their jets in hopeless pursuit. Without ramp, they could never catch me. Without compression fluid, they would be torn apart in the attempt. I was free. It was an insane way for a man strapped to a bomb to feel, but I felt it anyway. Seoul grew ever larger as I sailed across five million kilometers of corona. The rings whipped by, and I had time to ponder the filament cavity they maintained. The interval between rings shrank as I flew deeper, and the pitch of my exchangers climbed. As the corona became more energetic, more rings were needed to keep its fury at bay. A million kilometers out, Seoul filled my canopy completely. This was my cue to begin deceleration. I had reached the limit of our intel. The Hezo didn't know what was inside the star mine, or if the Yama Tens could survive entry. My orders were to do whatever I could to try and reach the Tachocline. If my ship failed, I was to deploy the Baryon Bomb. It would be a delicate balance. If I was too slow, I would overwhelm my exchangers and burn up. If I flew too fast, Icarus. During the long deceleration, I wondered if anyone else had ever gotten this far. I realized I might be closer to the sun than any human being had ever been. Through my canopy, I watched world-swallowing gouts of plasma arc into the corona as dark rivers of relative cool wove through burning oceans of swaying spicules. What incomprehensible power. How vast. How eternal. Yet somewhere beneath my awe, a voice whispered I was the one who could end it all. I'd outlived the others, outflown the destroyer, outrun the interceptors. What would my last words be? Semper Solus? Let there be night? Will the last surviving prisoner please turn off the sun? I blinked at the insipid tenor of my own thoughts. The vertical jukes must have given me brain damage. My head was full of nervous babbling. I was afraid, stung by the scope of the sun. I was flying into the mouth of a monster. This ifrit was large enough to swallow every human being who'd ever lived, everything we'd ever built, and every planet we'd ever set foot on. I was drugged to the gills, scourged with deceleration agony and quivering with terror. I loved every moment of it. I had arrived. Chapter 24 The works of the Lord are great. Sought out all of them that have pleasure therein. I have seen what no one else has seen. I alone dared to enter the sun and gaze within. My bomber shot through the transition region in an ultraviolet blink. The chromosphere bathed me in dark room washes of crimson and rose-colored light. The photosphere was a butterfly, tickling my nose with fluttering rainbows and scintillating wisps. Prominences swelled and spicules danced. I peered out through the canopy in silent awe. I wanted to remember this for the rest of my life. There wouldn't be much more of it. 
I soared into the convection zone. The star mine's rings were spaced roughly two seconds apart, holding back a dense ocean of boiling plasma. There were so many rings. The great freighter fleet must have chewed the inner planets into husks. Perhaps even Jupiter's core had been tapped, bent into the silver rings of the Dag Gadol. Beyond the magna walls, the substance of the sun boiled towards the photosphere. I was in the Rayleigh realm of the convection zone, where Bernard's cells billowed into thousand-kilometer steeples. My mind kept latching onto forms, trying to insist there must be some meaning, some function to the infinite instability. I was captivated by the dancing plasma and didn't notice I was in danger until I almost collided with a freighter. The giant ship was just meters beneath my Yama's belly. I thought I must have drifted down into the line of freighters, but I was flying level. The freighter had broken away from the others. It climbed on a course that would crush me against the magnetic wall. It was a ludicrous matchup. The freighter was almost three kilometers wide. It was an ocean of gleaming metal, rising to swallow my ship. In a fit of claustrophobic panic, I changed course abruptly and rammed the throttle. The Yama shuddered in complaint, but I was far too keyed up to feel pain. I was such a fool. How could I have let something so massive sneak up on me? I didn't let off the throttle. I had an illogical fear I would look back and find the freighter right on top of me. Why had it flown off course? Did it malfunction? I could visualize the wayward freighter crashing into a ring, collapsing the tunnel, drowning me in a wave of plasma. I found the courage to look back. It was following me. The freighter's nose was pointed directly at my ship and it wasn't alone. The once rigid lines of freighters wavered. Dozens of ships diverged from their orderly ranks and closed in on me. The master of this place had decided I'd gone far enough. Freighters flew into my path and converged all around me. A single brush with one of those hulks was instant death. I had a vision of my bomber crushed between two freighters, the phase diamond hull popping like a glass ornament. I had to escape. I accelerated, dipping between two ships trying to bar my way. Beyond them, there was a shrinking triangle between three intersecting giants. I shot through, bracing for the peel of shattering diamond. I made it unscathed, but a tangle of ships waited on the other side. The star mine had become a train-wrecked pandemonium of freighters. Yet the chaos was coordinated and purposeful. The enormous freighters passed within meters of each other, but they never made contact. It was getting harder to find a way through. There was a dark blot ahead where the freighters arranged themselves into an impassable wall. I understood now. This obstacle course was meant to slow me down and force me to stop. How many rings had I passed? I was nowhere near the tackle climb. If I deployed, the mission would fail. The wall of ships was coming up fast. I needed to decelerate. I didn't. I maintained speed, hurtling towards the wall. At the point of no return, I angled my nose at the narrow junction between two freighters. They were barely a meter apart. Though the Yama couldn't possibly fit, I rolled sideways to try and slip through. If I was wrong, it would be a quick death. I wasn't wrong. At the last possible second, the two freighters lurched apart, permitting me to pass. I flew through the wall, giddy with fright. I knew it. The automatic freighters could neither kill me, nor could they allow me to kill myself. I exploded with short-sighted joy. At once, the freighters seemed to realize they'd been found out, and they abandoned the tactic. The jumbled ship resumed their orderly lines. I had been flying above these ships for hours, but the way they moved in perfect unison still unnerved me. Soon they were all back in place as if nothing had happened. I knew they couldn't harm me, but I still felt uneasy. 
They were just too damn big. I continued to descend. Deeper inside the star mine, the tunnel flared into a spherical chamber. I slowed so I would have more time to react. The chamber was a thousand kilometers wide, with tunnels branching off in every direction. At the center was a featureless black orb, one of those sun-stabilizing spheres. The orb was a nexus of activity. Lines of freighters flew close and then whipped off into a new direction, rocketing into one of the tunnels that branched off from the chamber. The streams of ships interlocked. Freighters fired away as fast and precise as bullets shooting between propeller blades. If only old Oswald Bolka could see this. I gave the sphere the widest possible berth, flying around the outer wall of the junction. Anything that could fling the freighters around like toys could surely destroy me. It was a wise choice. Even at the outermost edge of the chamber, the gravitational pull from the dark sphere was immense. I had to push the throttle until my exchangers wailed to make it through the junction. What the hell was that sphere? Some kind of hyperon vortex? A micro-singularity? Whatever it was, I hoped I wouldn't encounter others. As I flew deeper into the convection zone, I saw immense forms beyond the magna wall. These were megastructures, obscured by currents of rising plasma. My eyes were drawn by a massive black spire, which rose from a ring to thrust into a supercell. The spire was an axle. Along its length, spokes twisted in the current. Each terminated in a plume of whip-like antennae. The strands danced and writhed in the roiling plasma with such intensity I wondered if they were alive. Were they sensors? Was it some kind of plasmic dynamo? I can only guess. I continued to fly alongside the mute freighters in a state of continual awe. There was no sun-stabilizing sphere at the next junction. Leading up to it was a group of three rings. They were joined by the roots of three colossal silver structures that looked like cubist interpretations of trees. I slowed for a closer look, paying a terrible price for opposing the pull of the core. My weight doubled, then tripled. It was a terrible reminder that this was a one-way ride. My body could not possibly bear the strain it would take to escape. The upper branches of Trigdesil extended deep into the rivers of plasma. High on the branches, there were crystalline spheres swaying in the current. Through patches of less dense plasma, I sometimes saw swirls of multicolored motes glittering inside. I had a childish moment of delight, imagining they were fruit from the galaxy tree. I wanted to linger, but gravity was ever insistent. As I delved deeper, I remained wary of trickery from the freighters. When the lines slowed abruptly, my hands were already poised on the spurs, ready to evade. The freighters braked hard. Shock ripples raced through their hulls. Ahead of us, the other ships accelerated. A large gap formed. It had to be a trap. I gunned it and continued into the empty section. Then an unusual movement outside the mine caught my eye. A dark line formed in the convection cell beyond the wall. The filament cavity whirled out of control and became a cyclone. Burning wind hammered the magna walls, which shuddered under the onslaught. I hit the throttle, but it was too late. Like a cracking whip, Leviathan's tail lashed against the star mine. Bolts of brilliant lightning arced in all directions. I winced and the canopy phased opaque momentarily. The magna wall breached, and a torrent of plasma jetted into the star mine. If I had been in its direct path, I would have been vaporized. Instead, my ship was struck by overspray and thrown into a terrible spin. I fought with the spurs, but they would not respond. The Yama shuddered in pain as we were blasted towards the opposite wall. I kept fighting the controls, expecting to crash at any moment. 
Then the ship stopped spasming and I regained control. I was able to pull out of the spin and reorient. After I pulled up, my eyes shot to the breach, wondering what had saved me. An enormous shadow deflected the plasma stream. One of the freighters had flown into the breach. The enormous ship melted like wax, burning in a flare of brilliant blue light. The freighter sacrificed itself to save me. I'd ignored the warning when they all slowed. I felt a pang of guilt, though I knew they were just autonomous machines. Hordes of spidery robots issued from the nearest ring, linking together in chains and swarming around the dying freighter. I wanted to watch them repair the magna wall, but I was flying away too fast. My yama was hurt. Its insides pulsed and shook, kneading me like dough. All I could do was try to go limp. Too well I remember the ballooning agony on Attic's face and the remains of Toucher gurgling out of the hatch. I took a beating, but the tremors subsided. I felt a twinge of senseless pride. I had always thought my Yama was a little tougher than the others. I continued to descend. Now that I knew breaches could happen, I couldn't stop peering through the walls, flinching at the slightest flicker. The star mine had seemed so monumental. I'd never dreamed it could fail, and now it felt as if the whole thing might collapse at any time. I realized I was being drawn in. The star mine could have ended me at any time. The sun-stabilizing sphere could have ripped me to shreds. The freighters pulled their punches and let me slip past. Instead of crushing me, they had warned me. One even sacrificed itself to save me. What was this place? Why was it luring me in? I had a long way down to think about it. Hello, and thank you for listening to Zeros. This is Zach ZYZ. The final chapter will be released on Spotify and other podcast platforms on December 25th, Christmas Day. The physical book will publish on October 1st on Amazon.com and will shortly be available on Audible.com as an audio book. If you'd like to listen before then, you can send me an email at Zach at ZachZYZ.com or you can visit ZachZYZ.com to see the final chapter and most of my other books for free. I hope you enjoyed. And as always, stay frosty.